are now listening to The Prime Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring and investigating all things health, fitness, and performance related. When something is in its prime, it is at its best. This includes us as humans. Are you ready to take on the world? Then join us on this journey to live life in your prime. Welcome back to the Prime Podcast. And if you were with us last time, we talked a little bit about nutrition. That one was a little quicker as I was driving to get somewhere and I made it to my destination. And that was that. So today I I realized also after looking at some of the show notes that I am missing a few things that were talking points for the last one. So I'm going to try to touch upon those a little bit um, as we get moving forward for today. So a few things that we want to definitely talk about in terms of nutrition um, is this idea that just because we are skinny or overweight or whatever, that doesn't always equate directly to health. Now, health is, is a numbers game. When you go to the doctor, they take blood pressure, heart rate, oxygen, cholesterol, all these different things. Now, just because your outward appearance might look a certain way, that doesn't mean the inward is always healthy. You know, we have this this idea that that people who are skinny or people who look a certain way are, are inherently healthy, but that isn't always the case. Now, one, you know, really good example is that when we look at people who compete in sport, whether that's professional football or the sport of CrossFit or professional basketball, professional baseball, those people aren't, just because they're extremely high-level athletes, this also doesn't mean that they're inherently healthy. Sport at the highest level is actually inherently dangerous and not good for your body. The amount of abuse and stress that your body has to overcome is actually a detriment. So we have to, we want to start stop thinking about, and I know we, we had this conversation with Jeff, that we put people based on their outward appearance, we put people on some sort of like pedestal or, or levels based off of how they, they look. But that isn't always the case. We want to make sure that we can function well and that our health numbers and our metrics are actually in a good place. So looking at those, make it a little bit, looking at that idea makes it a little bit different perspective versus thinking that just because I'm skinny or I have abs or I'm heavy and I don't, that automatically means that I'm healthy or not. Right now, if you're desirous to look a certain way, that isn't necessarily correlated with health either, unless we're talking mental health, but we're not talking that specifically right in this topic. We're talking about physical and nutrition. Um, but when we look at it as a whole, we're looking at you know the outward appearances just doesn't equal the inward. So I just want to talk about that just a little bit there. Also, as we're going through today, was is a little bit more talking about some lifestyle changes over fad diets or or things like that. And we want to make sure that we are utilizing good lifestyle practices and habits as we we move forward. So one of the things I had a conversation with Sam today talking about, you know, how to help people through, you know, nutrition coaching. 
Now, a lot of times when we see things right away, it's always about macros or counting macros, counting calories, doing all of this stuff that if we were to equate it to the in the gym, counting macros is similar to being able to do a muscle up. Let that sink in for a second. Counting macros for nutrition is the equivalent of being able to do a muscle up in the gym. You wouldn't walk in on day one and do a muscle up. There's progressions. There's things you have to be able to do, prerequisites, to be able to achieve that. The same thing goes for counting macros and doing high-level nutrition actions. And some of those things are really basic, like being able to have you know, a protein, a carb, a fat, and a veggie at every meal. I don't really even care what that might be at first, right? But just being able to get all of those for three meals. A lot of people skip one. You'd be surprised at how many people don't have protein for breakfast or can't get a veggie for breakfast or they only have carbs for lunch or they, you know, they, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm good for dinner, but then breakfast I have fruit and yogurt, okay? And then for lunch I just have a salad, okay? So we're, we're missing a lot of pieces of the puzzle there that if we can just get some basics in there, some basic lifestyle guidelines that we're going to talk about as kind of the, the overarching theme of some of these podcasts, um, such as like stress, sleep, and nutrition, and just the basic things around that to help us you know, lead healthier, better lives, all right? So when we're talking about these lifestyle changes over these fad diets or over these quick fixes, right, we're looking at being able to create good habits. Now, a lot of the habits are things that we need to do to maximize our time and maximize our ability to do things ahead of time. When I used to coach football and when professional coaches, oh, sorry, I just spilled my water there. And when professional coaches plan for a game, if you've ever seen a sideline, they have these enormously long sheets of paper that have every play and every scenario already broken down for them. Now, why do they do that? They do that so that when the game comes, and if you've seen a football game or any other sporting event, you, you understand that they can be very emotionally driven. But if I respond with emotion in that situation, I may not make the best decision. So what they do is they analyze the game, games previously. So if we're playing an opponent and we have footage on them playing five games before us, we know their tendencies, we know their habits, and we know all that kind of stuff. And we can think about that clearly and without any stress or emotion involved and write up a plan to execute when it's time to come to the game. Now, when I come to the game, I have a sheet of paper that explains on first down and 10, when they get the ball the first time, here is their favorite play to run. And here is our favorite play to go against that. And we have three of them listed that we pick from. Now, regardless of what happens in the game, you know these based off of tendencies and percentages and numbers. This is a very clear and articulate way to do that. And the reason for that is now that no matter what happens in the game, if I have high emotions or low and I'm stressed out or I'm excited, I have these options laid out in front of me to take the thinking away and take the emotion out of the equation. This is amazing for food prep as well. So if you take the time on the weekends to prep a little bit of food 
proper protein, proper veggie, proper carb, and then you have that and you can plug and play throughout the, the evenings when you come home and you're tired and you're stressed and you don't want to eat and you don't want to cook. You have something that's already there that you can just plug and play and throw in the microwave. That makes it so much easier to take the emotion out of eating and have healthier and better choices. Before work is hard. After work is hard. You know, when things are, you know, it's, it's difficult. Like, I understand. I get home late sometimes, and I, the last thing I want to do is cook. But if I have a meal prepped in the fridge, it's really easy just to throw it in and eat and get on autopilot. It's a much better option than stopping for pizza on the way home or stopping for, you know, McDonald's on the way home and things like that. It also allows you to give yourself the option to have the right meals and the right food in that meal. You can have a protein, you can have a carb, you can have a fat, you can have a veggie, okay? That's an easy way to take the emotion out of it, okay? Without restricting yourself, right? So when we're talking about utilizing some of this stuff, this also helps you with time management. Because now, instead of rushing home at the end of the day and spending an hour trying to prepare a meal that you're already anxious or stressed about, you have that extra time to hang out and play with the kids or just be do something different, right? And you can do that because you spend an hour or two on the weekends to prepare your meals and prepare some parts of your meals as you go. Now, I had a conversation this morning about Gary Vee. If you're not familiar with Gary Vee or Gary Vaynerchuk, he is a social media mogul who is all about people living their best lives and entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is not easy, right? And that's kind of one of the things he talks a lot about, but it can be very rewarding. And it also can be an opportunity for you to get out of your daily grind of your nine to five that you may be unhappy with and find something else that inspires you. But you can't do that necessarily if you are not utilizing your time correctly. So if we think about it, everybody has the same 24 hours in a day and everybody has the same opportunities. It's just a matter of how we use them. So if we're all working a nine to five and we come home and I already have my meal prepped, I'm, you know, and bam, I get in the house five o'clock, you know, for an example. I throw my food in the microwave three minutes if my wife was here, she'd say I put it in for five because I like my food scorching hot. And then I eat my food and I'm done by 5.30. Now, if you were to come home, you're stressed, you're exhausted, you make a meal that you're not very happy with, takes you 30 minutes, you eat it, blah, 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 blah. You have all these things. You have all these dirty pots and pans now. You have all this stuff is dirty and you have you know dishes stacked up. So you eat and you start cleaning up and you do all that kind of stuff at 6.30. I just got an hour back in my life, okay? Now you're stressed because of, you know, whatever. And you had to do this extra stuff that you didn't want to do. And now you got to do the dishes and you don't want to do them. You have this time at night and you go and de-stress by watching Netflix and hanging out and doing that sort of thing. That's the time when you can be building your next venture. That's the time that you can be optimizing to expand your knowledge on something. That's the time when you can do anything you want to do. The opportunities right now in our world, I know we're talking about nutrition, but it's the opportunities right now, and I, I try to preach this to my physical education students, it is so different, right? The world that, that teenagers live in and, and youth live in today is 
amazing. The, the ability to be able to publish anything on the internet right now, to be able to create content. If you want to be a photographer, start an Instagram page. If you want to be a videographer, start an Instagram page and start posting. If you want to have art, paint pictures, take pictures of them, put them on the internet. You know, like there's almost anything you can do with the way that social media works right now without having to, you know, a, a certain number of people tell you no before you can do something. Like if you're an actor or a singer or whatever, you don't have to go to auditions and somebody tell you no a million times before you're successful or before you even get a chance to do something. All you have to do is be courageous and have consistency and post what you're doing. And Brene Brown would call it, you know, like having bravery, right? Like daring greatly, like putting yourself out into the world, putting yourself in the arena to fight the good fight and, and do what you want to do that you have passion for. Okay. Now, how does that relate to nutrition and lifestyle? Well, I think it does it tremendously because we're looking for things that inspire us to move and, and live a fulfilled life. Okay. And, you know, we go back to it as in terms of motivation and op optimizing your time and around food prep, but we got there in a roundabout way um, because you want to be able to, to do that and be able to get in those situations where you are, you know, have the time and have the energy and have the motivation that you actually want to do something that you're, you find enjoyable. Speaking of enjoyable tasks, right? Social situations, right? Now we, we, food is very social, right? Drinking is social, partying, like, well, Right now, in twenty, you know, early twenty twenty one, these social situations aren't really there because we, we, at least in New York State, we can't do a whole lot of them. But how do you stay on track, and how do you do these sorts of things in a social situation, right? What do I do if I have to go to a restaurant? What do I do if I'm at a party? Do I drink? Do I not drink? Do I restrict? Do I drink a light beer? Do I drink a, do I not have a rum and coke because it has coke in it? Do I, you know, all these different questions that people raise up and they, they stress themselves out about. Realistically, if we're going to a social situation and if we're consistent on every other day of the week, that one night of the week or that one night of the month where you have a social engagement, uh, have fun, enjoy yourself, don't think about it. Because that one day isn't going to break, make or break your progress. James Clear in Atomic Habits talks about never miss twice. Okay? If I miss once, it's okay, get back on, get back on the track, get back on track, get back on the train, whatever you want to call it. So I missed once, I messed up, or I didn't even mess up, I did it on purpose. Now I get back on track, no big deal. But if I do that continuously, two, three times in a row, now it becomes the start of a habit in the opposite direction. So making sure that we are doing things in the right way to make sure that we get to where we want to get to, but also enjoying ourselves in the meantime. I'm not a professional athlete. Um, many of you who are listening are not professional athletes. You don't get paid to exercise. You don't get paid to, you know, look a certain way. You don't get paid to do those sorts of things. So why are we overly stressing ourselves out about things that are just for either social or make us feel better? Like, you know, we want exercise to make us feel better. We want nutrition to help guide that and make us feel better. All of these things are intended to make us feel better, function better, live better lives. And if we put so much stress and anxiety around them, they actually do the opposite. So my challenge to you is to, to reframe yourself and make those choices and, and allow yourself some freedom and some flexibility to have fun, to enjoy yourself. 
I eat pizza on occasion in the summertime. When we go out for ice cream, I eat ice cream. Like, so these things are not like, oh my God, like you have to be so robotic and you have to do these certain things. No, like 90% of the time, like I eat meat and vegetables and, and proteins and, and carbs that are, you know, slow digesting carbs and, and fats. And I, it's every once in a while is not going to do it. Like I can have a donut every once in a while. Do I have donuts every day? Do I eat pizza every day? Do I have these things every day? No. You know, like we, you know, we, we do these things on, on occasions, right? So it's not like an everyday thing. That's when people get confused. Like you can't ever have it. And then there's that all or nothing kind of mindset. So many times in the past when we've done nutrition challenges, and this is kind of where the lifestyle balance thing kind of fits in a little bit more, is this all or nothing kind of mentality. So the challenges we've done in the past have been very strict, and I'm not super proud of some of them because of the way that while they are educational, they also weren't necessarily the most successful for lifestyle change. While you learn things in it, we don't always, those, those things are just not sustainable. The ways that we do some of those nutritional habits and, the, and some really strict challenges are just not, you know, not sustainable. And I think we were very clear in some of them as we kind of got a little bit smarter with some of this stuff. But it's just not sustainable. So where was I going with that? So these challenges, right? When you do them, the all or nothing idea is that if, okay, so if I'm getting points for this and if I eat a sugar or something with sugar in it, I lose all of my points. So instead of eating one Twinkie, I ate 15 Twinkies because, hey, I screwed up already. I might as well just go all in. No, right? No, absolutely not. If you screw up a little bit, that's okay. And it's important for the next meal or the next thing to get right back on track. Right? Never miss twice, right? Once is okay, twice, not so much, right? So those lifestyle habits and that all or nothing and not restricting yourself and all these different things, what do we do in social situations? How do we meal prep? How do we do all these different things, right? So just really easy, you know, easygoing stuff. I'm not trying to be super, you know, regimented here. I'm not trying to be, you know, crazy with, you know, don't ever eat any sugar, don't ever eat any carbohydrates. Never, no pasta ever in your life. No this and that. The other thing, like I mentioned before, nutrition is all about like eating, drinking, and seeing how you feel. Okay, it's all about how do you feel. Like, do you feel better after? Great. If you eat carbs, like my wife, do you get flushed in the face and your ears itch? Then you might be have a little gluten intolerance, and you might want to be conscious of that. All right. So different things like that, just be conscious of, you know, like to, to think about and be like, OK, I ate this. This is how I felt. Maybe I should stay away from it. Or maybe I should consume less of it. All right. Um, the scale. Right. We talked about this in the beginning between being skinny or, or like heavy or thin or whatever, you know, in terms of body image, in terms of if you're healthy on the inside, if you look a certain way on the outside. And I think with that, we put so much emphasis on the on the number on the scale. The scale tells one piece of the puzzle, just like many things that the puzzle is, is very diverse and very complex. And each piece only shows you one side of the story. The number on the scale is a number, right? It's a simple number that doesn't tell you a whole lot. Now, if you're initially trying to lose weight, that number becomes like very, very uh, enticing, Right? It wants to grab us in all the time to kind of give us an idea of like if we're making progress. Now, if we're, we're accompanying our weight loss with strength training, that number is going to be very, very um, confusing. 
The reason is, is because now when I'm gaining muscle, I'm also losing body fat. So I'm actually doing a body recomposition. So I'm changing how my body is made up. Now my weight might not change, but the way I look and feel might. So what's more important, the way I look and feel or some number on a scale? And I think a lot of times we get caught up in that number on the scale and we have this idea that I want to lose 30 pounds. Do I really want to lose 30 pounds or do I want to feel like I lost 30 pounds? Do I want to feel healthier? Do I want to move better, faster, more agile? You know, so like what does that 30 pounds really mean? It's kind of funny that I, I wrote down, if I could find it on my notes here, one of my students were talking about goal setting in, um, in my physical education classes and they had to do an assignment that it was talking about the desire, um, determination, and dedication to achieving your goals, the three Ds. Right? And one of the responses was talking, I don't, I don't know what answer he was talking about, but I, I picked this piece out. You know, and it, he said, is losing 30 pounds the goal or is being fit and healthy and comfortable in your own skin the goal? It was a high school student. That's what he wrote verbatim. So is the 30 pounds the goal or is being fit, healthy, and comfortable in your own skin the goal? I would say the latter, and I think all of you would agree. That the 30 pounds isn't the goal. It's just a number that we gave ourselves, that we told ourselves that we have to weigh 125 pounds because that's what I weighed in high school, and that's when I felt and looked the best. Okay, again, let's reframe what we're doing. You know, let's reframe what our life is now compared to then. I had a guy, I had, I told somebody today that I was 37 years old and they, their kind of jaw dropped to the floor. They thought I was 31. Um, and I think that's partly because the way that I guess I carry myself, I, I have some energy, you know, like I, I look a certain way and I'm fit and healthy. I think fit and healthy people are able to kind of fight father time a little bit by our actions, um, healthy foods, um, foods that don't cause a whole bunch of inflammation and exercise allows us to stay young as long as possible and fight off father time as long as possible. So I think once we get to that point, when we reframe why we're doing what we're doing and not living by a number on the scale and reframing our ideas around our own body image, then the scale becomes less important. And then how we look feel and our comfortability in our own skin becomes more important. So that's a little side effect there um, of some of these nutrition and lifestyle balances. Now, a couple of things here. Oh, I already talked about this in, in Tori's notes. It says, Mythbuster, do I have to be 100% every day? No, we just talked about that. We do not have to be 100% every day. That all or nothing attitude is actually a detriment. Perfectionism is a detriment to you being successful. Thinking that you have to be perfect, perfect with everything causes you to have that all or nothing idea or mindset. And then when things don't go your way, things fall off and the wheels fall off really fast. So you do not have to be 100%. 80 to 85% will get you there all the time. 80-20 rule for everything in life. It almost works for everything in life. And there's a reason why there's an 80-20 rule. If you can be consistent 80% of the time with your nutrition, you are gonna live a healthy and happy life. So you do not have to be 100% all the time, every day. Yes, some days you will have 100% and some days you won't, and that's okay. 
right? The, the ebbs and flows of life and stresses happen and things happen where, you know, they're out of our control. We, we traveled a lot. We're in a bad situation. We had to go at a social gathering with family and friends where there was no vegetables available, which happens to us all the time. And we, we usually bring vegetables to every family meal and outing. So you have to just be conscious of that. And, and plan ahead of time, like we talked about with the football example in the beginning. If you can plan ahead, it takes those emotional and, and things out of the equation and allows you to think clearly about what's to come. And the last thing we're going to talk about today is just um, this idea of, you know, the po- like a positive work, life, fitness, health, balance. Um, so they all can kind of coincide. Right now, I myself work a ton. And I think Ryan, Ryan Morris joked it the other day when he saw me and I was like, oh, 2021 is going to be a big year. And he's like, what do you, he's like, what more can you do? You already work a hundred hours a week. I don't think I work at all personally. Yeah. I'm at the gym and yeah, I do these sorts of things. And I, I talk on this podcast here and I'm, I'm doing these things, but realistically, I don't think any of this is work, right? Like not in the true, like not in what we would classify our classic sense of what work is. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying myself. I like waking up at 4.45 or 4.15, sorry, and being at the gym to coach the 5.15 class. Like I have a smile on my face when I see the people walking in and we have fun and we chat and it's 5.15 in the morning. Like who else would come and do that so early in the morning and enjoy it? All right. It certainly doesn't work. Right. Family time, you time. Those are all super important. Right now I have two little kids, not a whole lot of me time. Right? Especially now with the, the homeschooling and different things like that. But I still find the, the me time in my workouts. So I have an hour a day that I plan, sometimes a little bit more, maybe an hour and 15, hour and 20, depending on how many things I have to get done. But that's my me time, right? Where I can do my workout, clear my head, get myself doing something that is for me, right? I really enjoy exercise. So that's the thing that I make sure that I get done every day. Family. Right, the weekends we do a lot of stuff. The weeks are, you know, Monday through Friday. Everyone knows it's it's tough. You're, you're on, you're going to work, you're coming home, you're doing dinner, like we were talking about. And then for us, like our kids go to sleep really early. Right, we're all kind of like early risers, you know, early bedtime people. So our kids, we start bedtime around seven o'clock, seven thirty. So by the time that's done, you know, my wife and I get done, and we usually watch one television show before we kind of get ready and read a little bit before bed. That's our nighttime routine. That's how we spend time together. That's how we do things on Monday through Friday. And on the weekends, we do a whole bunch of stuff. Leisure, right? Getting out and doing things that you enjoy to do, right? We talked about this a little bit before with time management and being able to have time by preparing your week to have the time to do the things that you want to do, whether that's on the weekends, whether that's after work, you know, whatever things that you want to do, you have to be able to prioritize that and put that in there. There's a, there's a, I don't know who, who talked about it, but they talk about scheduling your, when you lay out your year, they talk about scheduling your vacations first. There's a book, I know Profit First, there's a, there's a, a book about managing money for businesses, and they talk about Profit First. So you should, you should um, as a business owner, you should take the money, so you should pay yourself first, essentially, and then pay everything else afterwards. So the same idea, they did it for like leisure or vacation time. So you would plan your vacation time first and then plan everything else around that. And it was just a good idea like to kind of flip the thing around, plan all the things that you enjoy doing most first to make those a priority in your schedule. And then everything else can kind of fill in the the empty space. All right. Um, 
I'll finish with this one because it kind of we talked about sleep a little bit and um, more we talked about routines and things about like that. So I kind of jumped around a little bit because I wanted to try to touch upon the lifestyle balance and the nutrition things that that we talked about last time. But caffeine will be my last thing, and I, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this again because sleep is going to be one of the topics we talk about. And there's just so much wild information on sleep that. I can't even begin to unpack any of some of that because we don't even know what we're even doing or why we're doing it, but we know that it's important. Um, but caffeine, right? We a lot of us are love caffeine, right? Use a lot of it. Now, caffeine, everyone it affects everybody a little bit differently, but you know, if you're if you are drinking ca- coffee and caffeine and things like that, let's just be conscious of how much. I think some the limit is somewhere between like 250 and 500 milligrams of caffeine a day. Um, is like kind of what we're looking at. I, I feel like a cup of coffee might be somewhere like 50. I'm not 100% sure, but a quick Google search will. Coffee, caffeine. Hear me click on the keyboard. Yeah, so a cup of coffee, oh, sorry, an eight-ounce cup of coffee has about 100 milligrams. So that's roughly about five, three to five cups of coffee in a day is kind of like the limit of where you want to get to. Now, we don't want to have like a a ton, a ton of caffeine. And ideally, right, we want to try to limit that um, to, you know, anywhere, depending on when you go to sleep, obviously, like somewhere between like 2 p.m. or noon. Coffee has a half-life, if you're familiar with half-life. So it like degrades throughout time. So it stays in your system for a very, very long time. So we just don't realize it because we don't have that initial kind of consciousness of where the caffeine is and our energy levels. But caffeine carries in there for a, a very long time and uh, just make sure we're being conscious of how much caffeine we're drinking and how it affects us, right? Caffeine is a natural kind of hunger de- depressant. So if you're, you're hungry and you drink coffee, you may not be hungry anymore, but that's not necessarily a great thing because we do, you know, that those feelings of hunger are there for a reason for you to eat food and for you to nourish yourself. So we want to be careful with some ways of how we use caffeine and how we, in which ways we, you know, consuming it in a lot or when we're doing it um, and so on and so forth. Now, it can be used as a great kind of pre-workout because it does actually help um, in terms of circulating oxygen throughout your body. High levels of caffeine are actually, caffeine is one of a, a banned substance on the Olympic uh, list of banned substances like steroids would be. If you have large quantities of caffeine before an aerobic endeavor, it puts you at a performance-enhancing state that would be higher than somebody who isn't on high levels of caffeine. So, you know, there's all these, <laughs> like nutrition and, and this, all of this stuff, there's just so much information and we're going to try to unpack it little by little on these little snippets. This one's like a little bit longer than last one. Um, after doing it, Tori was like, no, you got to be between 20 and 30 minutes. So here we are. We're at 30 minutes and 20 seconds, and I'm going to shut it down right now, and we're going to reconvene next week with some more habits and lifestyle and balance and nutrition. And then eventually, we're going to keep expanding this, and I got some potential guest speakers that are going to come on and talk about injury, movements, sleep, and maybe have some stuff about some members up on here. All right. So that's it for today. Right. Um, Some lifestyle stuff carrying on from nutrition the other day, just making sure that we are moving things in the right direction. And I'll leave you with this because James James Clear talks about a lot in Atomic Habits is that your habits and your goals have to align with the person that you want to be. Your habits and goals have to be in alignment with the person that you want to be.
Because if they are not in alignment, you're not going to do them. All right, so if you want to be the person who is looked at as healthy, then your habits around eating pizza might have to change, right? So just think about that. Like, so the things that you want to be a, to accomplish and the things that you want to be recognized for, the things that you want to look to yourself as, those things have to be in alignment with the habits and goals you're trying to achieve. That's the only way to be successful with them. Have a great day, and we look forward to having you back listening another time so we can help you find your prime.